0: I've been telling people, uh, before I get into my message, uh, I want to make one other announcement that I didn't let Andrew make. But um, if, you feel like you're a, if you feel like you're a part of the vineyard, if you feel like the vineyard, if you feel like this church is your home, on uh, Monday night, October the 12th, we're going to have a family meeting, okay? i got some stuff I just want to share with just the family. And uh, who is the family? Well, you're the family if you feel like you're the family. Does that make sense? Is that clear as mud? Yeah, I just feel like there's some things that I, that really can't share on Sunday morning, you know, it's nothing bad, we got all kinds of money in the bank, no one's, no, the wheels aren't falling off the bus, uh, but just in general, I want to I let you guys know, uh, we need to have a little family style meeting, because in the last two and a half months, we have encountered the greatest degree of warfare that I've ever encountered in my entire life, that's all I know to tell you, it's been constant for ten weeks, nonstop every day, and at the same time, we've encountered the most presence of God that I've encountered since I've been here. So it's like God is doing all this stuff, and at the same time, we're encountering warfare, we're bumping into something. That's what I've been telling the staff. I don't know what happened, but we bumped into something, we woke it up about 10 weeks ago, and so we need to have just a family style meeting to circle the wagons and say, hey guys, this is going to be the plan of action. Is that cool? October 12th, Monday night, 7 o'clock, if you're a part of the vineyard, if you feel like this is your home, I want you to be here. Cool. Awesome. Well, if you want to, open up your uh, Bibles to Luke chapter 4. And we're going to start this morning with a pop quiz. I know that school's out, but we're going we're to have a pop quiz this morning. And so if you want to, you can take out your, your, your pens and your paper. We're going to have a, we're having a, a little pop quiz. And this is the pop quiz question for the morning. What was Jesus' earthly mission? In parentheses, why did He show up? Anybody got an answer? Anybody, any brave person want to just throw it out there? Who said that? Come on. Somebody in the room got it. Marcus, you can go ahead and... Come on. We had it it in multiple choice. I was going to tell you guys, it was open book and it was multiple choice. So A, to take a vacation from heaven is not the right answer. To hustle poor schmucks and pull in five-card poker is not the right answer. There it is. It's always C, right? The the right answer is always C. And it is not D to open up a little cabinet shop slash fish market slash winery on the Sea of Galilee and enjoy the fellowship of the locals. (laughs) What was Jesus' earthly mission about? What was Jesus? It's C. It's to bring the kingdom. And um, I want you guys, if you've got a pen or a paper this morning, I want you to... um, to so highlight one verse that's going to be our key verse for the morning that we're going to jump off of, and, and it's in chapter 4. Look all the way down in verse 43. This is, this is our key verse for the morning. Keep in mind the whole time we're talking about what is Jesus' mission. What is his, what, 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 why did he show up to the planet? This is verse 43. I just saw this about four weeks ago, and I was stunned. It's Jesus' mission, and it's in his own words. You know, sometimes people say, well, this is what Jesus was about. You know, he, he was about this. But here it is in Jesus' own words. Verse 43. But Jesus said, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that was why I was sent. Isn't that cool? There's no speculation. We don't have to go read the, we don't have to go read the biblical scholars. We don't have to get some other guy's opinion about what Jesus' earthly mission was about. Jesus' earthly mission, in his own words, Luke chapter 4, verse 43. I've got to leave here, guys. I've got to go preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also because that was why I was sent. And so what I want to tell you guys this morning right off the beginning is is that uh, that the message of the kingdom, the kingdom of God, this was Jesus' central message. In fact, it's his only message. Every other message that you would normally attach to Jesus, it fits within the kingdom of God message that Jesus brings. If you do a study of the New Testament, especially the Gospels, you will see that phrase, Kingdom of God, or you'll see a reference to the phrase, Kingdom of God, over a hundred times in the New Testament. It is the singular, central, foundational message of Jesus, and it's the singular, central, foundational message for us here at the Vineyard. It's why we have a banner hanging over there. The Gospel of the Kingdom. And we we, want to highlight that because here's the deal. Most of us, most of us have grown up in, in Kentucky, and we've grown up in a culture, and, where, uh, and the culture says this, well, if we're talking about the gospel, uh, the gospel of the kingdom, we don't necessarily even talk about the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom has been shortened to what? The gospel. And what is the gospel? The gospel, what they mean when, when you hear people talk about the gospel, what they mean is the gospel of salvation, heaven when I die, heaven instead of hell. Let me tell you. That's included in the gospel of the kingdom of God, but it's not the only part of the gospel of the kingdom of God. And here's what I want to tell you as well. If if the gospel of salvation is good news, then the gospel of kingdom is ridiculously, unbelievably awesome news. And I want to say this as well. I'm not here this morning to beat up on Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Everybody understand that? That would be silly, that would be foolish. I'm not here to downgrade that. In fact, I'm here to embrace it. Here's the deal. If it wasn't for Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, we're all going to hell, okay? So me personally, I'm super thankful for it. But what I want to tell you is this. There's got to be even more of a line drawn in the sand. And we we have to be a people who are even more radically laying hold of what Jesus came to preach. And that was the gospel of the kingdom. Here's the way I like to talk about it. Because people sometimes get upset about that. They're like, man, man, you know, Jesus came to save us. Yeah, he did come to save us. But he came to bring the kingdom. He came to bring heaven to the earth. And um, so sometimes people get a little upset about that. Let me, let, me, let me show it to you this way. The gospel of the kingdom is the panoramic view. It's, it's like the, the wide-angle lens. You ever see, like, you ever look at, like, a, a National Geographic, and you know, they have those amazing photos, and it, it's like you're just holding a little magazine, and it feels like it's wrapping around you? You ever... Yeah, see, that's the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom is the, is the wide-angle lens. It's the panoramic view. The gospel of salvation, Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, the cross of Christ, that's like a mountain peak that's within the, within the panoramic view. It doesn't matter where you go within this panoramic view. You can always see the mountain peak, you know? I've told you guys this before. Um, one, of the, one of the places that we've planted churches in Peru, is this city in Peru, and it's called Arequipa. And in Arequipa, there are three giant volcanoes, and it doesn't matter where you go in the city, the volcanoes always feel like they're going to fall on you. I mean, you, can, you can be anywhere in the city, and it's a city of two million people, I mean, you know, which blows me away. There's a city of two million people high in the Andes, and none of us ever think about it. God has people everywhere. But it's a city of two million people, and it doesn't matter where you're at in that city, it always feels like these volcanoes are they're just these giant, ominous volcanoes, and it feels like they're just going to fall on you. Uh, sometimes we even stay at this little hotel, and it's like a courtyard, and there's high walls because you have to have high walls in Peru. It's just a—you know, kind of a poor nation, so everything's, everything's fair game for the thieves. And so there's these really high walls, and the walls are like 12 feet tall. And so I, I can even lay down in the hammock, you know, six inches off the ground, And I'm surrounded by high walls, 12 feet tall, and I can still see the volcanoes. That's how big these things are. The city is at 8,000 feet, and the volcanoes go to 14,000. It's just ridiculous. Well, that's it. The kingdom of God is this panoramic view, and the cross of Christ, the the, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, it's like those giant peaks. You can't go anywhere within that scene and not see it. But I want to tell you, gospel of salvation is within the kingdom of God. It alone is not the kingdom of God. Everybody all right? So I want to give us a macro view this morning. Uh, For some of us, I'm just going to be plowing some ground that's already been plowed. For some of us, this might be brand new ground, but it's just ground we've got to keep plowing because it's so big. Before we get into um, Luke chapter 4, I want to define our terms just a little bit for some of us in the room who maybe haven't heard us talk about the kingdom of God or the message of the kingdom. Uh, for the rest of the morning, anytime I'm talking about the kingdom of God, what I'm talking about is the rule and reign of God. The rule, any place that God's rule and reign breaks in, there the kingdom of God exists. And here's the cool thing about the kingdom of God. It's not, it's, it's not contained within boundaries. It's not contained within geographical boundaries. Let me put it that way. Jesus says this, He says this in in, uh, Matthew chapter 12. He says this in Matthew chapter 12, verse 28. He says to some Pharisees, after he's kicked a demon out of a guy, he says, hey guys, if I drive out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. What's he saying? He's saying that if I show up and the power of God breaks out, and, and and I kick the devil out of somebody's life, if I kick oppressive spirits out of somebody's life, the place, that place, that moment when the, when the demons left because the power of God was present, that moment the rule and reign of God was present. The kingdom of God was present. It's not like, well, you've got you to gotta go, well, you know, the kingdom of God's in Marion County. You've got to cross over the border, you know. Or it's not really like that. It's that any place where God's rule and reign is submitted to, any place that God's rule and reign breaks in, there the kingdom of God exists. Out on the streets, driving demons out of people kingdom of God, it shows up. Is that clear? I want to add to the good news this morning, if I can say it that way. Let's look at our key verse again, Luke 4, 43. He said, but I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns because that was why I was sent. Now let's look at the context. Let's look at the context that Jesus speaks this word. Go back up to verse 38. Let's read the whole thing. Context is always important. Anytime you're studying the Bible, you know, you, you find little, some, one little scripture that kind of sparks your heart. You know, go back and read a little bit before or read a little bit after. It's always very important. So, verse 38. Jesus left the synagogue and he went to the home of Simon. That'd be Peter. Now, Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever and they asked Jesus to help her. So, he bent over and he rebuked the fever and it left her. She got up at once and began to wait on them. And when the sun was setting, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness. And laying his hands on each one of them, he healed them. Moreover, demons came out of many people shouting, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and he would not allow them to speak because because they knew he was the Christ. And at daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. And the people were looking to find him. And when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God. To the other towns also, because that was why I was sent. And he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. Another question What's the good news in this passage? Can you read it and find the good news? Can you find the places of good news? There's actually all kinds of good news in this passage. Here's the good news of the kingdom of God. Freedom from fevers. Anybody ever got a fever? Freedom from fever. When the, when the kingdom of God shows up, fevers leave. Let's, let's look at some more good news here. I love, I love verse 40. The sun was setting. See, you've got to get this picture. Jesus had laid his hands on this very sick woman. You know, if the Bible says that she had a high fever and she was, you know, it says that she was suffering from a high fever... It wasn't just like, you know, 101.1, get a little Tylenol, roll out. You know, it was, it was like, this woman was going to die, okay? So she has a high fever. Jesus comes in. you got to get this picture. Lays hands on her, rebukes the fever. Fever goes. Kingdom of God is established. Then, then look at the next verse, verse 40. When the sun was setting, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness. Why did the people bring to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness? Because he had healed the mother-in-law. See, this is... Word got out, okay? The kingdom of God is over at that house. Jesus is there. He's releasing the kingdom. So the good news here is freedom from fevers. But not only that, there's, there's freedom from sickness. What kind of sickness? Various kinds of sickness. Can you get any more general than that? I think we could stick any kind of... Can anyone think of a sickness that wouldn't, wouldn't fall into the category of various kinds of sickness? No, it was, it was all kinds of sickness, you know? He brought some people over who had heart conditions. Jesus just put their hands on them. Kingdom of God breaks out. Heart conditions are fine. Brought some people over who had arthritic joints. you know, Elbows and wrists and knees. And Jesus lays hands on them and the kingdom of God breaks out. The rule and reign of heaven breaks out. People get set free. Not only that, verse 41. This is a really great one. Moreover, demons came out of many people. And, and it, wasn't, it wasn't polite. They shouted. They were shouting. You know, they were... It wasn't, it wasn't neat, it, it, was, it was awful, and they would shout, you know, you're the son of God, but he wouldn't, he wouldn't let them talk, because they knew he was the Christ, so what's the good news here? People were getting set free from oppression, like spirits that had oppressed them their whole life. Come over, the kingdom of God breaks out, they get set free from oppression, and you think, well, that doesn't have much to do with us, the devils and the demons, they just live in South America and Africa, Right? That's what people say until they meet one. I've, I've, it's been my experience that, you know, the demons just live in Africa until you meet one here, which is always awesome. I could tell you some funny stories, but I won't. So we're adding in more good news. It's freedom from fevers. It's freedom from sickness. It's freedom from demonic oppression. And here's what I want to say. See, we need to expand our vision. We need to expand our definition, and we need to expand the vistas of what salvation really means. See, salvation is more than just not going to hell. Salvation is more than heaven when you die. Salvation is more than meeting Jesus with a smile. Salvation is freedom from oppression, freedom from sickness, freedom from fevers, freedom from everything that isn't in the kingdom of God, and not going to hell when you die. <laughs> Let me say it this way. Are there fevers in heaven? Is there sickness in heaven? Anybody got a cancer tumor in heaven? See, when the, when the kingdom of God comes, when the rule and reign of God comes, earth becomes like it is in heaven. That's why Jesus instructed his disciples. He says, guys, when you pray, pray like this. Pray that it would be on the earth as it is in heaven. It's actually a kingdom prayer. He's saying, guys, I want you to pray heaven down. See, we've got a whole host of people right now, especially in the body of Christ, that have, that have so absorbed themselves with the gospel of salvation that, that, that the good news of the kingdom is a delayed thing. That, that the good news of the kingdom is only going to show up when I die. When when does the good news of the kingdom start? Well, you know, when we die and we go to heaven, when we meet the Lord. No, it's not that at all. The kingdom is now. Let me say it this way. Heaven and hell are today. And so... And so we have this whole group of people in the body of Christ. You want to know why the body of Christ is oftentimes impotent, oftentimes lethargic, and oftentimes ineffective? It's because we've so absorbed ourselves with the gospel that's only gospel of salvation that we've mentally checked out till we die, and and we've we've literally left the mandate of heaven for today alone. See, the good news is now. So we have to expand our definition of what salvation is. See, it... You know, it's not okay to get heaven when you die and suffer with demons until you get there. That's what I just want to say, you know. It's not okay to live with cancer tumors, you know, coming off all over our body until we get to heaven. And that's what Jesus demonstrated. He demonstrated that the good news of the kingdom is actual good news. That when God's rule and reign shows up, it's actually the best thing for everybody in the room. And so he comes and he sets things straight. Let me hit that one more time. Here's part of the problem, because I wrote it better than I can say it. Part of the problem is this, that we've taken the gospel of the kingdom of God and we've shortened it simply to the gospel or the gospel of salvation, and we have done the math in such a way that nearly all the benefits are placed in another time. That would be the future, and in another place, that'd be heaven. And what's the end result? We have a lethargic faith that has very little bearing on this life because we're waiting for Jesus to come and take us to heaven. I can't always say it as good as I can write it. The end result is that we end up with a lethargic faith that that has very little bearing on this life because we're waiting for Jesus to come and take us to heaven. But Jesus says this, Luke chapter 4, verse 43, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also because that was why I was sent. It's Jesus' mission in his own words. How many of you guys believe that Jesus was successful in living out his own mission? I think that he was probably as successful as anybody has ever been in living out their life mission. So he brings the kingdom. I want us to think about that verse, verse 43, and then then the surrounding verses a little bit. Get that in your mind. Got Jesus... It's over at Simon Peter's house, mother in law is sick, rebukes the fever, it goes away, kingdom of God breaks in. That story gets out, so all the town people bring the sick to Jesus, Jesus lays hands on them, they all get healed, everybody who came to Jesus. In fact, it's one of the the great encouragements of the gospel, everyone who comes to Jesus gets what they were asking for. You can look, he he sends no one away empty-handed, and he didn't hear tonight either. And so he healed everyone. Not only that, but people who are oppressed by demons, they get, they get freed. And so I want to ask us this. Is, is the kingdom of God a future tense reality or is it a present tense reality? See, we have to have a shift in our mind and we have to have a shift in our thinking so, so, so that we become aware enough and alive on the inside enough and we become aware of the fact that the kingdom of God, Jesus' mission, his... His rule and His reign is a present tense reality. It's today. It's not just future. It's today. I want to read some scripture. Before I do that, I want to say that when the kingdom comes, the future breaks into the present and it becomes a collision of kingdoms and times. Um, in Matthew chapter 8, verse 29, there's a really instructive verse. Again, Jesus is dealing with uh, demonically oppressed people. And he's, um, he's dealing with these two guys. They, they're tomb guys. They, they've, they're just infested with, with demons. And they come to, to, G- to Jesus. As soon as he steps out of the boat, they come to Jesus. And they fall on their knees before Jesus. And they say to him, they're, they're actually shouting to him. And they say, it's actually not the men. It's actually the demons who are shouting through them. But they shout to Jesus, what do you want with us, son of God? "'Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time?' Isn't that a strange verse? Jesus has he's shown up. Demon-infested guys actually run to him. Stop and think about that. That rocks. I mean, I, I got messed up the other day just thinking about that. Demon-infested guys run to Jesus. And when they run to him, they say to, them, they, they say to him this, "'What do you want with the Son of God? "'Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time?' What's the point? The point is this, that the demons who were infesting these guys knew, they knew that there was an appointed time for their judgment. And they were essentially saying this to Jesus, no fair, Jesus, you've come too early. That's what they're saying. Everybody see that? What's the point? The point is this, that when the kingdom of heaven shows up, the future comes into the present and establishes the rule and reign of God in that moment. So what are we talking about? We're talking about the rule and reign of God. We're talking about the future breaking into the here and now. Let me put it this way. We're talking about everything that was just a hope in your heart, everything that was a secret dream, everything that you thought you were going to have to die to get is actually available right now. That is a good word. I just agree with Baba. That's a good word. Everything that you thought you were going to have to die to inherit It's actually available right now. I'm telling you, the gospel of the kingdom is like really good news. See, has the news level just gotten better? Like the news, like the atmosphere is getting lighter. Why? Because it's good news. Here's the deal. If your gospel isn't good news, then you don't have the gospel. If your Jesus doesn't make you doesn't cause you to have joy in your heart, then you didn't really meet the Lord. It's really good news. Everything that you thought you were going to have to die to get, it's actually available right now. I want to read some scripture to you. Is that okay? I have like a long passage. Hey, Marcus, can you put up the Isaiah passage for me? This is, this is the kind of future. Isaiah 65. Do you have that one, Marcus? 65, 17 through 25. No, through twenty-five. Okay, awesome. I was just going to read it off of there, but I'll turn in my Bible. (sighs) Darn it, I'm ill prepared. That's not Marcus's fault. It's my fault. Okay, here we go. This is this is the kind of future that's available to us. It's in it's in the book of Isaiah, chapter sixty-five, verse seventeen. Behold, I will create a new heavens and a new earth, and the former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create. For I will create, a, create Jerusalem to be a delight and, and its people a joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and take delight of my people. There will, the sound of weeping and crying will be heard no more. Stop. Is there weeping or crying in heaven? No, that's the kind of future we're talking about right here. We're talking about that future coming into today. Never again will there be in it an infant who lives but a few days or an old man who does not live out his years. He who dies at will be thought of a hundred will be, be thought of as a mere youth. That's a good word, isn't it? Man, isn't it? Like, it's good news, right? Like the gospel of the kingdom. It's like getting better in here already. He who dies at a hundred will be thought a mere youth, and he who fails to reach a hundred will be considered accursed. They will build houses and dwell in them. They will plant vineyards. I'm for that. And they'll eat their fruit. <laughs> It's even better when you drink the fruit, I just want to say. And no longer will they build houses and others live in them or plant and others eat. For as the days of a tree, so will be the days of my people. My chosen ones will long enjoy the works of their hands. Man, that's a word. What, what is, what's the Lord saying here? He's saying that you'll go to work and you'll like it. That's what he's saying. I can't find my place, darn it. Oh, uh, yeah, they will not toil in vain or bear children doomed to misfortune. Some of y'all got children, kids are going crazy right now. I'm telling you, the future can bring into the, into the day and, and, and the doomed path that they're on can be changed in a moment. For they will be a people blessed by the Lord and they and their descendants with them. Before they call, I will answer them. Come on, are you kidding me? Before they call, I am, you don't even call, they just answers. And while they're still speaking, I will hear the wolf and the lamb will feed together. The lion will eat straw like the ox, but the dust will be the serpent's food. They will neither harm nor destroy all on my holy mountain, says the Lord. That's a good word, isn't it? That's the kind of future. When we're talking about the future breaking into the day, that's what we're talking about. I want to read another passage to you. If you want to, turn your Bibles to Revelation chapter 21. It's just so important. We have to. I want us to see this. Again, I'm ill-prepared. This is what John saw. This is the kind of future we want to see break into today. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, now the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and and he will be their God. It's like presence. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. When, when is the Lord going to make everything new? I would like to suggest to you that it's already started. There'll be a day when, when the kingdom is, is, is consummated. That's a the, the word that the theologians like to use. There'll be an ultimate consummation. But I would like to suggest to you that the, that the, that the Father who sits on the throne and says, Behold, I make all things new. It's already started. And so when we talk about bringing the future into the present, we're talking about bringing that future into this present. Let me, let me say it to you this way. Y'all remember a couple of weeks ago we were, talking, uh, we were talking out of 1 Corinthians, we were talking about love? 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I think it's verse 8, it's one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, it says this, love never fails. And um, it actually illustrates this point of bringing the future into the present, how times and kingdoms can collide. Love never fails. 1 John 4.8 says this, that if you, don't know God, if you don't know love, you actually don't know God because God is love. Okay? Let me, let's do the math here. So to align ourselves with love is to align ourselves with victory because love never fails. And it's to align ourselves with victory because God is himself love. Okay? Now, let's think about this for a second. Not sure what to do in a situation. Not sure how to respond. Not sure what to say. You can literally begin to ask yourself, "What would love do? How would love respond? Where would love go? How What, how, what would love have me do?" And at the moment that you, that you begin to, to begin to facilitate that thought process, not just in your mind but begin to set your heart to do it, at that moment, you stepped into eternity because you stepped into the presence of God. Does this make sense? Because God is love, and God is eternal. God knows no space or time. There is no space or time with him. And when we begin to take on that heart attitude, Love never fails. To align ourselves with love is to align ourselves with victory because we align with God. When we begin to ask ourselves, what would love do? What would love have me speak? Where would love have me go? What would, what would love's actions be to this person in this moment at this place? When we begin to align ourselves with that, we actually step out of the present. And we and if you can see this, we step into the future and we begin to bring the future into the present. I know that's kind of strange. That's what the kingdom is all about. It's about bringing the future into the present. I'd like to say a couple things. First thing I'd like to say is that I know there are people here today and you really need the future to break in for you. Your bodies need it. Your relationships need it. Things are ruined. You need, you need the future. You need the, you need the kingdom of God to break in for you. And the other thing I'd like to say is this, is that for... Uh, those of us in the room who maybe aren't quite aware of how much we need the future to break in for us, that'd be everybody else. Um, we're, we're called to be agents of the future. We're called to literally be brokers of the future. We're called to be those who, who, who have entered the kingdom, who have experienced the kingdom, who have followed Jesus, not just have followed, but continually follow Jesus, and in doing so, become brokers of the kingdom, like it's like we got a truck, we got a trailer, and we've got this giant truckload of kingdom behind us, and we just show up into town, we we kick the you know, we kick the door open on the back of the fifty-three foot trailer and we say, Well, you know, who needs a kingdom parcel? Let's go back to Luke chapter four. Just for a second, and then we'll be done. <clears throat> Let's look at verse 43 again, and I want you to, I want you to pay attention to, uh, to the little word, and the little word in this uh, the scripture that I want you to pay attention to is the word also, so we'll read it. But Jesus said, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that was why I was sent. So if you've got a pen, or if you've got a highlighter, I want you to underline that word Also. Because here's what's going on. Jesus, right here, he's stating his mission, and his mission includes the other towns within the region. So we need to look at that word also because also it's an important marker. and, And it's an important marker that says, I have to go and give the other towns what I've been giving here. More specifically, it says, I have to go and preach the message in other towns that I've been preaching here. We all see that? We all see that that's the implication. Jesus says, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that's why I was sent. What is it that he's going to be giving to the, to the other towns? The same message that he just dropped there at, at, at Simon Peter's house. Do we see that? Okay. Now I want us to think about this. Jesus is leaving that place, and he's going to go to the, to the other towns in the region to take the message of the kingdom. And I want you to ask yourself this question. What is the message of the kingdom? What is it that Jesus preached here... Apparently, what is it that Jesus preached here that he's going to take to the other towns in the region? Can anyone find it? Look in your Bibles. It's open book test today. Can anyone find what is? What is it that Jesus is, is going to bring? What's the message? That's right. You can scarcely find the message, can you? In the traditional sense, you can scarcely find the message. What is the message? The message is... The power of God showing up and freeing people. Man, that changes our perspective on message, doesn't it? See, here's the deal. The message of the kingdom is not necessarily spoken. It's it's a demonstration of God's power, His rule and reign over sickness and disease here. So we have to to even begin to change our minds about what it means to be a kingdom messenger. It doesn't mean that you know the most about the Bible. It just means you're the most anointed to do the stuff in the present. The people at the town, they want Jesus to stay because he's healed the sick and he's kicked out demons. And that is the good news of the kingdom, that he must go and preach. Or or more accurately, that's the good news that he's to go and demonstrate. I want you to do this. Same chapter, look at the next section up, the next section of verses, starting in verse 31. Because it it actually just, because we're looking for the message. Apparently Jesus has been preaching a message, right? It It even shows this more specifically. Look at this. This is crazy. Verse 31. This is before he gets to Simon's house. Then he went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and on the Sabbath he began to teach the people, and they were amazed at his teaching. Okay? Underline that. They were amazed at his teaching because his message had authority. And in the synagogue there was a man who was possessed by a demon, an evil spirit, and he cried out at the top of his voice, Ha! What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him." the demon threw the man down before them all and came out without her injuring him. Now look at this. All the people were amazed and they said to each other, what is this teaching? With authority and power, he gives orders to evil spirits and they come out. And the news about him spread throughout the surrounding areas. Again, what is the message? What is the message that the people are freaking out about because Jesus has authority? What's the authoritative message that, that, that is amazing the people? freeing oppressed guys from demons. This is the message that Jesus is going to take to the other towns and regions as well. This is the message. i tell you a story about some, some kingdom of heaven stuff that's happened in some of our extended family um, some of you guys here know, you guys, some of y'all here know uh, Candy's mom, Pat Lewis. Some of y'all know Pat? Okay, they're, they're here like three times a year. Um, how old is Pat? 70s? 73? Yeah. Uh, so Pat's like 73, and she's been having like some, had been having some like heart issues. And it was like rhythmic, rhythm stuff, like arrhythmias. Her heart would like speed up really fast, and it was just going crazy. And, and so she was on medication. She was going to see a cardiologist, she was on medication. You know, she was just doing the whole thing. Um, and, but, it, you know, the medication was kind of managing, but, you know, whatever. You know, it even had, there was still even moments when it wasn't great. And, and so she went with her home group. They went, to, uh, they went to, like, a healing meeting in Pittsburgh, which is pretty close to where they live, just, just down the road or so. And at, at this uh, healing uh, session, Pat-Pat, um, we call her Pat-Pat. Pat-Pat, um, who, if you guys know her, she is a very... Um, Formal person. I think that would be the right word. Okay? A uh, pack-pack gets whacked by the Holy Spirit straight on the floor. And, um, which, by the way, you know, for some of you maybe never experienced that. That's pretty normal. When the Holy Spirit shows up, you might meet the floor. You might not either. I- I've seen crazy stuff happen to people who just stood there, and you- you're thinking, well, they're going to murder me later. Um. That has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. (laughs) But anyway, Pat-Pat gets knocked straight to the floor. And when she gets up, she's just, you know, it's kind of all good, you know. And uh, so she comes back home and she feels like, man, maybe my heart's doing a little better. And about that same time, Kendall and Candy were up to visit her in Ohio. And so they prayed for her. And so then Pat-Pat goes to the cardiologist to get it checked out because she's just like, I feel like I'm doing better. Cardiologist runs the tests on her and he goes, woman, you're healed. And on the chart, he puts divine healing. He says, I'd like to take you off your medication. What's the point? The point is, the future broke in for that woman. The, the, the point is, the point is, that in the kingdom of God, a, 70-year-old, a 73-year-old heart really doesn't mean anything That that perfect, unaffected, perfect rhythm heart that Jesus has for her in heaven just went, and she didn't even have to die to get it, which is which is good news. I just love that script. I love this scripture. Everyone's amazed that Jesus is teaching. What's the teaching? He's kicking out demons. That's the teaching. Let's back up even further in Luke chapter 4. Look at, look at verse 17. We'll get to the, we'll get to the part of, of Jesus' life here where he actually is teaching a message. And you need to realize that all three of these little segments that we're looking at this morning, they all happened like real close to one another. So in chapter 4 verse 17, this is, this is Jesus in Nazareth in his hometown. Those other verses we were looking at, they're in Capernaum, that's like across the lake but in the same region. It's like within the same county, but just, just down the road, okay? So now we got it. We've backed it up in time, and this is what Jesus says. It says, the, Jesus, um, the, scroll of Pro- the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to Jesus, and unrolling it, he found the place where it was written, "'The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, "'because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. "'He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners "'and recovery of sight for the blind, "'to release the oppressed, "'to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor.'" So the one time that we find, in at least chapter 4 anyway, the one time we find Jesus actually preaching a message, what's the message about? It's about sight to the blind, freedom for the oppressed, year of the Lord's favor, everything that he's been doing in the rest of the chapter. Here's the point. Then you're, the, the, the point is this, that this stuff that we've been walking through this morning, this is what we're called to. This is what we're called to. We're called to this, and we're called to nothing less. Um, let me say it this way. Jesus is the model for life, and he's the model for life in every way, okay? And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be a full-time itinerant preacher on the road with a tape ministry and a tour bus, which is good news. But it does mean this, that we need to, that we need to align our lives and priori- prioritize ourselves with the priorities of heaven and begin to say, how can I be an agent of the future? How can I, be, how can I become the kind of person who is a broker of the kingdom and literally carrying good news to every person into to every home into to every situation, every office, every classroom, every neighborhood that I walk into, I'm carrying good news. I love what Bill Johnson says. He says this. He says, you can, you can go to the ICU, and the person who's in the ICU can be two inches away from death. Literally, the doctor says, this guy's dead before the night is over. But when you cross the threshold, the odds just changed. Isn't that a good word? See, that's what we're called to. We're called to be kingdom brokers. And I just want to quickly walk us through a little scripture I've already hinted to it a a little bit. Um, You see, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus, when he was teaching his disciples to pray, he's looking at his disciples and he's saying, disciples, I want you to pray like this. On earth as it is in heaven. Okay? On the earth as it is in heaven. Then, a little bit later, the object lesson becomes more real. And so in Matthew chapter 10, Jesus sends the 12 out and he gives them this message. He says, I want you to preach... I want you to preach the message of the kingdom i want you to heal the sick raise the dead cast out devils and cleanse the lepers sends them out so he says first i want you to i want you to pray that it would be on the earth as it is in heaven a little bit later he says i want you to take the kingdom message go to all the towns two by two and when you go i want you to heal the sick raise the dead cleanse the lepers cast out devils And then by the time we get to Matthew 28, he's looking at the disciples. And Jesus is about ready to leave the planet. And he looks at them and he says, now, look, I've got all authority in heaven and on earth. And because of that, I want you guys to go make disciples of all nations, literally all ethnic groups. I want you guys to go make disciples of all nations and all ethnic groups. What's the point? The point is this, that when Jesus is looking at his disciples in Matthew chapter 28, when Jesus is looking at his disciples in Matthew chapter 10, when he's, when he's speaking to his disciples, disciples in Matthew chapter 6, he's actually talking to me and you. It's not, it's not, just, it's not just isolated right there. And so when you, by the time we get to Matthew 28 and he says, guys, I want you to go make disciples of all nations everywhere, teaching them to obey everything that I've told you, baptize them in my name. When he, when he gives them that word, he's actually looking at them and he's telling them, guys, I want you to go and to make a certain kind of disciple. He's saying, I want you to go and make a certain kind of disciple. What kind of disciple is that? It's the kind of disciple who prays for it to be on earth as it is in heaven, who casts out devils, who heals the sick, raises the dead, and cleanses the lepers. That's me and you, by the way. Amen? Amen. Because it's good news. I mean, I don't know if we've we've lived long enough to encounter this, but man, the world is full of bad news. And, um, and the solution, the solution is for the disciples of Jesus to pray heaven on earth. The solution is for you and I to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, and cast out devils. The solution is for you and I to become that kind of disciple who makes that kind of disciple. Amen? Amen. If you're on the ministry team this morning, why don't you come forward? Come on up. Why don't you guys welcome the ministry team? Welcome, ministry team. Yeah, these guys, you know, they're just, they're just the risk takers in my church. So we just, we just love these guys. Um, and they might have some words. Raymond, you got anything? You um,
1: this first word is for everyone in here. Um, mm-hmm. I really felt like the Lord was just saying that uh, he wanted to give us ears to hear.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, specifically for the, those of you that feel like this is a, a season of training, mm-hmm. uh, the Lord really just wants to open your ears uh, to hear his voice and to hear more revelation from him. Um, but also it deals with the, with the physical um, If you you are having ear problems of any sort, spiritually or physical, uh, we just want to pray for you. Mm. Then also, uh, if you're experiencing any pain in your hands, uh, specifically maybe your left hand, uh, we also want to pray for you on that too.
0: Anybody in the room experiencing some pain in their left hand? Okay, right over here. And right here. Good. We want to pray for you guys.
1: This is Stephanie, everyone. I got a word for Andrea Michaels. Come
0: on over here. Come right over here and look her right in the eyeballs.
1: Um, the word I got for you is just that the Lord is just bringing you into a season where he's just going to teach you new things and refresh you. That was the word I got for you. That's good. And I got a word for the homes over here. Um, and I just kind of saw the Lord grabbing you both up in a big bear hug and holding you really close to himself and just say he's going to pour blessings over you.
0: Mm, that's good. Thanks. Derek.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to uh I feel like I wanted to pray with people who want to kind of go from the like the like the checklist mentality, like you know, what do I need to do today to to please God and all that stuff to just who people feel like they're there, who want to get to the point where it's like you're just living life. <laughs> you're just living life with the Lord. So if you feel like you kind of, you know, just wake up with this to-do list and feel bogged down like I need to do this day, I need to do this day for me to feel good about myself when I lay down tonight, if you want to get out of that and into something else, I'd like to pray for you. Mm, that's good. All right, I actually have a couple words. Mm. Uh, first off, does anyone here have cancer? I know that's kind of heavy, but did they just find out they have a tumor of some kind or, and they're really worried about it? Anybody in here? You're here and you're afraid to raise your hand. I want to pray for you and Jesus will heal you today. I really feel like it. Um, and the band, the Lord gave me a word for the band this morning, mm. uh, the Embers and the band. Uh, he told me that you guys, he, he's he's laced you guys or woven you just like a basket. Is a picture I got in uh, blood and royalty mm. and. And that's just kind of the picture that, that the Lord set. That, that's kind of how he's woven you as a band together. Mm. And you guys are woven in the spirit that way. And also the thing that's, that's underlying the, the royalty and the blood that's going to that's gonna carry your, your, your worship and your name mm. to mm. high places is healing that's attached to your worship. Mm. And, and it's, it's when it's heard in the car and when it's heard on the radio and when it's just mm. just in, people are going to be healed without knowing why.
0: Thanks, Jesus.
1: All right, that's what the Lord told me there. Uh, Another word the Lord gave me for the church this week. I was on the lawnmower. This is a
0: really good word, so everybody needs to open up their ears, okay?
1: (laughs) It's it's a really, really, really good, good word, okay? Jesus has really good plans for us, okay? He's really sick of an oppressed people, and he wants us to make money for the most part. That's what he told me. Um, He's, like, all over it, so... Forgive me if I cry, but uh, he told me that this that this fiscal year, he he told me this word October first. He said, "This fiscal year, in the natural, and in the supernatural, if you'll do two things, if you'll agree with the Lord, and if you will honor him with your business, he'll give you the favor of man." And it's it's what it's going to look like in your business. Or, or in life, is it's going to be like double mantle. Everything you go to do is going to be times two in your profit, okay? Mm-hmm. It's a word from the Lord, so agree with it and honor Him with your business.
0: It wasn't just that, but Bubba and I were talking about this last night, and it's that, um, that it's, an, it's a new fiscal year in the spirit, and if you'll, like you says, if you'll agree with the Lord and if you'll honor the Lord with your business, He's going to get behind you. But one of the ways the Lord is going to get behind you this year, as we were talking last night, is the Lord is going to even cause your enemies... To come and bless you and help you. Now, this is this has been happening even this week with Justin. Uh, not only that, but uh, the Lord is going to get is going to cause you to have favor with man to the point that one guy will come and help you, and when he comes, when he leaves, another guy will come, and those two guys are actually enemies. But they will. But the Lord is actually going to bring different kinds of enemies, and he's going, to, he's going to push favor on you, that even people who don't like one another are going to be there for you, and to, and to get behind your business. And we've, we've already seen this happen, even this week. Um, I, I wish I could tell you guys more. It was, it was, it was phenomenal. I can't tell you anymore. I, just, I can just tell you it's the Lord, and um, it's over the top. So there you go. It's a fiscal year in the Spirit. It started on October 1st, and it's, um, it's going to be about accelerating business. So there you go. Hey, why don't we stand up this morning? Everybody all right? Mm-hmm. <sighs> Jesus. Why don't you just put your hand on the person next to you? Even if you don't know them, it's okay. Okay. And I want us to—I uh, want us this morning just—just just begin to pray the, the blessings of the kingdom on the people next to you. Just even now, just out loud. Just begin to. Let's just do this, Father. We just release the kingdom of heaven into this room. Thanks, Jesus. We ask that you would increase your presence. Father, we ask that you would release us into divine appointments this week. God, I ask that you would fill our baskets full of ministry. God, would you give us healing and would you give us prophetic, encouraging words? God, would you would you make us a people who are the solution and not a part of the problem? Father, we ask that you would align us in a way that we could be a solution everywhere we go. Yeah, My hands are just like really on fire right now and I just... The Lord is wanting to put; He's wanting to put the healing ministry in our hands. So, why don't we just put our hands out right now? The Lord just came. So He just came all of a sudden. I don't even understand. This doesn't happen to me very often. But um, let's just ask the Lord, Father. Would you give us the healing ministry, Father? Would you let us heal the sick, God? Would you let us cleanse the lepers and raise the dead, Father? We ask that you would that you would put the future in our hands, and God, we ask that the that the realities of the kingdom of heaven would become a part of who we are. Father, I ask that we would be able to put, in our, put our hands in our pocket and literally pull out healing for people. Father, we ask, we ask that you would bring us the sick. Father, we ask that you would bring us the sick, the hopeless, and the dying. Father, we ask that people who are, who are eaten up with cancer, people who have MS, autoimmune diseases, MD, Father, we ask that they would have divine appointments with us. God, we know that you can cause people to meet one another. And Father, we ask that, that you would put them in our path and Father, we ask that you would give us the moment to put our hands on them and to release the power of your kingdom over them. Anybody else feel that on their hands right now? I just, Man, I just felt it. It's all over my hands. Anybody, Just put your hand up if that's you. Yeah, There's several people in the room. It just got on our hands. A, there's, we just got a breakthrough in the anointing here. And so, Father, we just want to agree with the anointing. By the way, just stay in this place. But I want to tell you all, you know how you get more anointing? You use the anointing you have. That's how you get more. So we got like a little taste right now. If I feel like the Lord's going to give us divine appointments this week. Use what you got and we'll get more. So Father, we ask for more of your presence. Thanks, Jesus. Thanks, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Go in peace.